And welcome to Wandering to Gdansk. Uh, we're here to talk about Wolves' continued European adventure in the Europa League. Now, in just a few days' time, depending on when you're listening to this, Wolves are going to take on Espanyol in the last 32 of the Europa League. So I thought it'd be a good time to catch up with Guardian European Journalist Correspondent and part of the On the Continent podcast and the Jules and Andy podcast on Football Randall Daily. Randall? Football Ramble Daily. Uh, Andy Brassel to talk about Espanyol. Now, Espanyol not doing very well at the minute. The bottom of La Liga... And it does seem odd for a team, traditionally, traditionally when you think of Espanyol, you don't really think of a, a team at the bottom of the table. Uh, but I wanted to talk to Andy about what's going so wrong at Espanyol at the moment and therefore why are they doing so well in the Europa League. So uh, Andy and I talk about these things or more. Welcome back to Wondering to Gansk. Welcome back to the European Adventure. <laughs> Just before we get into Espanyol and the Europa League, I just want to go back to something at the start of the season when we talked about Wolves starting their Europa League journey and I think you said that you wouldn't be surprised if Wolves got to the knockout stages and now Wolves are in the knockout stages. So I presume that's still the case, that you weren't surprised Wolves getting through the group. Yeah, not, not massively. I think um, Braga played a lot better in the, in, in the group than anyone expected them to and Bishiktas played a lot worse. Um, I mean, Brigitte Cashel generally hasn't been great this season and, uh, you know, one of the results that heaped a lot of pressure on them was when uh, Wolves went to Vodafone Park and, and, and beat them. So I think when their fans look back and, and think of moments that were tough moments in their season, that, that would be that one of them. Um, Braga kind of performed a lot better in Europe than they had domestically. I mean, they lost six of the first 14, which meant the coach, Ricardo Sapinto, even though um, he, he got them into the, the knockouts, was fired a couple of days before Christmas. Um, so I, I think when you look at those two especially, the, the two other big clubs in the group, um, I think it's, it's almost a sliding doors moment. You, you, you look at how it could have been for Wolves and, and how difficult it is for even like, good clubs in, in good leagues to... Um, or balanced domestic in Europe. So with Wolves coming in um, their the first season in absolutely yonks in, in, in Europe and, and making such a good job of it and almost using Europe to play themselves into form um, because, you know, they've got better and better in the, in the league off, off the back of that rather than wearing them out in first effect. I, I think that's something that's really impressive and says a lot for the coaching staff as, as well as the players themselves. I mean, you are right with that kind of sucker punch moment because if you look at it with the Besiktas game that was almost the game that revived or at least kick-started Wolves' uh, Europa League uh, you know, challenge whereas with Besiktas yeah. conceding that's such a last-minute goal as well probably should ruin that group stage for them. Yeah, it's, it's, it was an absolute choker for them but I, I think you know when, when you're trying to get the players to, to, to buy into an idea and Nuno never really had a problem with that but when, when you're trying extra little bit out of them I mean winning at a place like Bajiktas is huge I think because it, it's an incredible ground it's, it's very atmospheric and I think the players have the feeling of yeah we're properly in European 
competition now because, you know, I think a lot of people can be a bit sniffy about the Europa League compared to um, the Champions League. But, uh, you know, it looks to me from the outside like Wolves have had an absolutely great time in it. And, um, you know, I think nights like that do make the players look around at each other and think, yeah, we're fighting for something really worthwhile here. And, you know, I, I think you can see from the last couple of seasons in the Europa League, once you get to the last 16, the quarterfinals and beyond, I mean, the quality of ties is absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, you look at you look at Arsenal getting past past Napoli um, last season and, and, and that was the moment where they really started to embrace the competition. Um, Chelsea had a bit of an easier ride, but... You know, some of the ties in, in the back end of the competition are, are absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, you look at the, the final between Chelsea and Arsenal and then uh, Atletico and, and Marseille when we go back a year before that. The back end of this competition is, is always absolutely fantastic. And I think when you go and play a team like Brigitte Dash, it's kind of, um, you start to get the scent of it in your nostrils a little bit. Uh, Wolves' uh, last 32 opponents in Espanyol. When the draw was made, our fans were quite really, really happy with this, looking at um, the, the type of team they were going to play. Uh, maybe, you know, a trip over to Barcelona as well in February. But then straight away, we're all Googling what Espanyol are doing. And then we're all quite shocked that even now, they're bottom of the Liga. They've only won three league games this season. Um, I think they're on their third manager this season as well, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, it's not a team from the outside I would expect to see bottom of La Liga. So, what is? I don't know whether whether you can sum up in a nutshell what's gone wrong over there this season. Why is it they are bottom of the league? Well, I think you can divide their season into parts, really. Um, and I think if you go back to, towards the start, so for me, they were one of the relegation favourites at, at the start of the season. Um, I, I thought they were in a, a, a bad place last season, and, and they ended up pulling away from that but things definitely got worse in, in, in the summer um, they tried to do things on the cheap really um, when they, that they they moved on from from, from last season because um, for them it was it, it was it was a really big deal that um, they moved moved on uh, coaching wise and um, that, that they took on David Gallego at, at the start of this season, who was a, a, a bit of a cheap option, really, after Ruby, who's a really terrific coach, went to um, Betis. And um, accordingly, Gallego didn't really have that much money to spend on, on the squad either. I mean, you look at some of the players that they, they lost last summer. Um, they lost uh, Aaron Martin, Mario Amos, who went to Atletico. Um, they lost uh, Borja Iglesias, who's their focal point up front, up front also went to Betis. Um, so that they, they got in, what, I don't know, that's £60 million for, for, for those players and didn't really spend much of it. And you, you thought, this is a team that is just trying to bust it, and you can't really do that in the league. It's, it's, it's too good. Um, then you're getting a coach in uh, Pablo Machini who took over in October. He's, he's done good stuff at Girona, but he was doing it with a threadbare squad that was absolutely lacking in confidence. Um, so the Europa League, I mean, I think they were a fairly weak group, but it was, it was a bit of light relief for them. But, but in, in the league, they, they looked absolutely hopeless. Um, 
I guess the, the, the turning point for them is A, taking on Avalado, who's a, a good coach, their third coach of the season, but a really good one after matching didn't work out at all. And the second thing is actually spending some money in, in, in the winter window. That made a big difference to them. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it, you touched on it just there. The, the incredible thing, I, I, I always think, with when, when you get the draw for the Europa League and Champions League in the third week of December, the tie on paper compared to the tie that you're actually going to face two months later is totally different because so much can change in terms of form, fitness, in the meantime, confidence, injuries, and of course the, the, the winter transfer window. I mean, they, yeah, they've spent about what thirty million in in the window in January. I know they got a, a last minute draw recently with Barcelona at home. Is mm. what's what's the feeling with Fernandez? Is he the man to lead them to safety? Are they showing any signs of recovery at the moment? Because I think they're only about four points from safety from the relegation zone. Yeah, I mean, Ab- Abelardo's given them a chance. Um, they've got a chance because very much like the Premier League, there's a fair bit of rot at the bottom as well, um, which is definitely something that plays in their favour. Um, it's just about two key signings, really, uh, in, in, in in winter. Um, or, well, I, I suppose you could take three with um, Barba coming across from Rio as well, but for me, the two key signings, um, Leandro Cabrera, who's, who's arguably Getafe's best defender, they just paid his buyout clause and, and, and got him in. And then uh, Raul de Tomas, who they, they, they brought back to, to Spain after six not that happy months at Benfica. Now, Raul de Tomas has, has started brilliantly um, uh, since arriving back at Espanyol. I mean, you looked at him and they, they, they paid a lot of cash for him, they paid 20 million euros. Um, but he's as, as far as as you can say, sure thing with the transfer, which you never can 100% say a sure thing. He's as close to that as, as you could get because he's a bloke who can score goals in La Liga and he can score goals for a struggling team in La Liga because he did it with Rayo before. So, um, accordingly, he's got a time of recording uh, three in the first three games. And, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. <laughs> you buy a top-class defender and you buy a top-class striker and it's going to improve your team um, exponentially. And that's exactly what's what's happened for them. Um, I think it does put a slightly different slot on, on, on this tie as well going forward um, because uh, the, the Wolves are still favourites. I don't, don't have any doubt about that. But it, it does make Espanyol... You've got class in other areas of the team. You look at uh, Sergio Dada, Lele, they're, they're good players. But now they have sort of totems that they can they can build around and both of those guys have made an immediate impact. When I was doing some research on Espanyol as well, there was a lot of mention of uh, Wu Li, I believe, who um, they, they signed yeah. from the, the, the Chinese Super League. He was there. He was the top scorer in the Chinese Super League. Well, there's a lot of talk yeah. about how important of a player he's for La Liga in general in terms of raising the awareness of La Liga across Asia. Well, I think the interesting thing about him is you always get that when uh, a Chinese player arrives in uh, a club in one of the top leagues in Europe. People talk about raising profile. But make no mistake about it, Rule is a really good player. Um, and I think that's... That's how you know how it is that people don't really talk about him as someone who is important in terms of media. And of course, it was a massive deal when he, he scored against Barcelona because he was the first Chinese player to score against Barcelona 
But that was more of a curio. The fact is, he's someone who's is quick. He wants, um, it can make stuff happen in the, in, in the final third. And um, really, he's had very little to work with around him this season. But, but now, um, I think the fact that Thomas is seeing an upturn in the is a guy who intermittently looked like the real deal in France uh, when he was playing for Lyon and um, looked as if he was someone who could make his way into, into a, in a sort of Akikazora type player, although not quite of that level, certainly not yet, but someone who's around players who can score goals from, from out the box. Um, so I, I think because they've got a, a more more in now, Eagles were, I think, to, to make more of an impact where he was just really feeding off scraps for the first uh, part of this season. Um, but he's a player who um, for, his, for his performances, not just for his profile. This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com. I mean, we've, we've talked about people like Rod Thomas as well. Um, what, what kind of style of play would we expect from uh, Espanola when they come over to Molyneux? And what kind of, what other key men do you think uh, Wolves fans should be looking out for on that day? Um, they're going to be about like, defending smartly and, uh, and playing on the counter generally, um, especially against Wolves, especially against Wolves team that's got so many good players. Um, but they, they, they generally tend to play in, 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 in 4-4-2. Um, but, you know, they are adaptable, having said that. Um, and I, I think you, you look at their performances over, over the last month and um, I, I've been really impressed. But I, I think it's getting used to each other a bit. Um, they are improving, and you know that they're, they're not going to be pushovers. I mean, the question really, I think, for for, for Wolves is: um, Are Espanyol going to be the, the much better side that they look on paper, happen on, on the pitch since those took taken over, or now they're actually not marooned at the bottom and, and they're back in with a chance of staying in La Liga? Does that? I, I think that's really the simplest way of, of putting it and, and, and the most the most reasonable way of, of, of putting it because now they've got genuine hope of, of, of staying up whereas you looked at them in like November and their Europa League results were a bit of a surprise because you're like, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're showing their chops and they're showing that they've got good players against less effective opposition but they're completely stuffed as far as the league goes. Whereas now, that's not so much the case. You look at what's happening to, to Celta Vigo in, in, in particular. Mallorca have started finding it really hard over, over winter. And now Espanyol are in with a genuine chance of, of staying up. And, and the fact that they've gone out and spent that money on Cabrera and Raul de Tomas shows that they actually believe staying up is a is a possibility and they're committed to to making it happen um as i said i think when when wolves play them it would be really interesting to see 
what happens in midfield when um, Moutinho and uh, Ruben Neves come up against uh, Andorito Aspe, who's really, really experienced with Athletic and um, Sergio Dada, who, as I said before, I, I really like. But for me, uh, De Thomas is, is, is the guy to watch because uh, this is a guy who's is quick, he makes good runs, and what it means is, is, is when they can get a grip of a game in midfield, they've actually got someone on, on, on the end of stuff. Because at, at the start of the, the season, I mean, they, they couldn't even get any results at, at home. They were struggling for a really long time. I think it was November before they got their first point at home. So that that was a real issue for them. But they look different now. They, they look really, really confident. And um, even in a, in a couple of games recently where the result hasn't gone that well for them, I mean, I, a little while ago, they, you know, they went and uh, lost at Granada, but they won it up at half time. Played brilliantly, really. Played Granada off the park with a decent side in, in in the first half, and that is a performance they wouldn't have been capable of uh, two months ago. So it, it shows that you know they can that they, they can be expressive in in, in possession as well. And um, you know, Nuno knows Spanish football really well. He might not take them lightly. Yeah, it's funny because when when we started talking, you mentioned how when that draw happened, a lot can happen in two months, and perhaps one of the messages can be is that when fans go into the, this game, don't take the the league table, don't take it on face value. That this is perhaps a a completely different Espanol side that you will be expecting to see based on the league table. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. I, I mean, there, there there is quality in there. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about Cabrera. Um, Iturraspe, Dada, um, Araldo Thomas, but you know we've got Jonathan Caleri as, as, as well, who's is a really really lively player. Um, Dilat Vila, really experienced defender. Um, Paulo has played for um, Real Madrid and, and, and Milan in goal. You know, there's, there's some pedigree in that squad. So with, with a bit of organisation, um, you know, they they could they could do okay. I'm, I feel more confident that they can make it difficult for Wolves off the back of the team they've got and off the back of the way they've been playing in the league rather than their off, off the back of their Europa League performances in, um, in in the group because the group was nowhere near the standard as the, the one that Wolves played in. And, you know, I, th- I think that's something that's notable about the Europa League. You know? yeah. I don't know if it's something you've noticed, but people are always talking about the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the Champions League group stage, I think it's a lot more pronounced in the Europa League group stage because, you know, I think it was an indication of what a bad state Arsenal were in when, when the draw was made. You think, oh, well, there's some half-difficult games, but really they should be winning six out of six. And in fact, they were sweating it out on match day six, which showed really how poor Arsenal, how poorly Arsenal are, are, are played in that. So, um, look, I, I mean, Espanyol have, have come on a long way in a short time but for me it's all about can they give it a lot in a tie of this intensity and it will be a difficult tie and and do they really have the commitment to to go deeper in the competition when for them staying up is in play which you know it seemed like a long shot just a couple of months ago yeah I was going to ask you that question because you know if Espanyol were an English team 
the view from a fan point of view may be that oh look you know we're in a relegation battle let's get let's get out of the cup let's get rid of that let's concentrate on the league so do you think it mm. might be something that do you think the, that mentality might be there or might it be the case of look we've let's use it as a way to galvanise form and and kind of really continue the form we've got yeah I mean I I tend to think you can't really pick and choose matches. Uh, at this point I mean as, as you say they've, they've not been winning left right and centre in the league and Abelardo is a guy who you know has a, you know he had, a, he had a really good playing history he's a guy who played like 200 times for Barcelona he's, he's a legend at his hometown club at, at Sporting he's not going to say oh just it off lads I won't, I won't worry about it you know he's someone who is affecting a culture change in the club because they're a team with no investment, no no medium-term future, no hope at the start of the season. And and he's really changed things. And, you know, you pinpointed that game against Barcelona right after he'd taken over. I mean, that kind of started Barcelona's current model. They have had their difficulties on the road this season. But for Barcelona in the derby to, to, to get a performance from Espanyol where... Espanyol said, actually, we're, we're, we're proud and you, you can't just walk all over us. That was a really great start. And that was before they got Leandro Cabrera or Raul de Tomas in. So it showed that there's you know something in the existing players and there's, there's a, a, an attitude and an organisation, because they were brilliant in the first half of that game particularly, uh, there's, there's an attitude and an organisation that Abelardo's instilled into them. Um I don't think it would be massively advantageous for them to go out, lose 4 0 to Wolves, and then say, oh, well, and concentrate on the league now, lads. Because their confidence is fragile enough that, you know, getting, getting hammered flat isn't really going to do them a favour. I think even if it's potentially quite taxing, they've got to come and have a go at this time. They've really got to come and have a go at it. From the neutral, I think it's a lot more interesting than it was a month and a half ago. Yeah, because it could have been just and a straight co- conclusion, really, yeah. maybe a month ago. Yeah, it, it, it could have been. It could have been. And, and, and now it's, it's, it's slightly more more difficult to call. It is interesting for, for the neutral. And I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those ties that has changed demonstrably since the, the draw was made. And it should be a really interesting one. And just to, before we finish off, just to go back to Espanyol's group stage, and they, you kind of touched on it there before. I mean, they won their group. They, they only lost one game, and they yeah. won it by three points. What what was it about? Was it the stand of opposition uh, f- for that group? Uh, yeah, I, I think that was I think that was part of it. And you know, they they really got to enjoy themselves in in, in some of those games. You know, some of those games they they they, they won really really comfortably in the end you know there was, was 6 million there um, but you know you, you have to look at, at what they're actually facing as well I, I think that was uh, that was a huge part of it and um, you know I, I think you deserve respect for, for for winning any group and I think if you look at Ludogorets and uh, uh, CSK in Moscow in, in particular they're teams that have been involved in the Champions League relatively recently so you know even if it's a weaker Ludogorets than in previous years even if uh, Cisco Moscow have, have had some difficulties and have been partially rebuilding in the, in the Russian Premier League still to to turn them over is 
is is is really really impressive. You know, I, I mean they 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 won in Moscow and it, and in Bulgaria and even well, Ludogorets actually they, they beat six 0 wasn't it? So it's it's a it's a it's a pretty impressive impressive effort. But um, at the same time, the names on paper look better than the the, the quality of the opposition actually was in the group. Um, but it did show that you know there is some ability in the squad, and that ability has has been reinforced over over winter, which is you know, particularly relevant to to this tie against Wolves. And just to finish off, obviously there's 32 teams still left in the competition. If you were to have your pick of who you think is going to go all the way and win the Europa League out of all these teams, is there one particular that stands out for you? It's, it's really tough. Uh, I mean, I think I, I think Wolves are in with a shout. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I, I definitely fancy them for the last day. I mean, that's what I told you right at the beginning of the campaign. Yeah. I've seen no real reason to, to change my mind. I think if you're looking at the other teams that compete, Ajax have got a lot of injury problems at the moment and that is a, a massive difficulty for for, for them because they've got to pick it up and go into a really difficult tie against Getafe who are flying high in La Liga at the moment. You know, you're talking about teams defying expectations in La Liga. They're, they're in third place at the time of recording, which is an absolutely phenomenal effort when you consider their budget and the fact that they lost players last time when they lost Cabrera, who we were just talking about going to Espanyol in, 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 in the winter. Um, the other ones I think are Roma, Eintracht Frankfurt and Inter depending on how seriously they take it because you know we talked about Espanyol having to maybe decide what their priorities are I think that's even more the case for, for Inter who are in a very intense title race in, in Serie A. 